and the smartest man alive. Read Richard. Doom time? Doom, doom time platform? Doom. I see it. Doom. I see it. I love it. I love we that little Easter egg. Here. The multiverse. Mm. This had his theories. He believed it was real and dangerous. Doom? What's that box all about? Could this, be, could this be a Latverian estate? Are we in Latveria? Doom? Doom? I saw V something, Von Doom. What was that? <laughs> it's an Holker. It's not Von Doom, but Doom? <laughs> Oh, now if this is the Nega Bands, she just went through the negative zone, Doom! Oh, oh that's true! Negative zone! The same? One of the same? AI, forget cryptocurrency. Quantum energy is the future. It's the next gold Get rush. Crypto? I want in, hope. So as a gesture of goodwill, I have taken the liberty of arranging some buyers for your life. Buyers? Starting buyers? One billion dollars. That's a big. Who bit. is a billionaire in the MCU if not Victor Von Doom? Who also knows about quantum tech? He's got the money. He's got the means. He's got the will. <laughs> is he Will Byers? That's a different <laughs> franchise. He's got them Doom dollars, Eric. <laughs> He's got the Doom bucks. <laughs> hey, Doom. welcome back to New Rockstars. As we brace for the announcements coming at Marvel Studios panel at San Diego Comic-Con this weekend, we're coming out of Ms. Marvel with a mysterious itch. Mm. And after, you know, doing a bit of contact tracing, we realized that Patient Zero was a certain Latverian who we brushed shoulders with several times without realizing it. <laughs> Victor Von Doom is Dr. Doom imminent in the MCU. Let's look at those Doom clues, Doom clues. Boom! Boom. You're, You're looking, looking for, for Doom? doom? <laughs> I threw a lot at us. I love the Duke Clues reference. Minutes. I love the Blue Clues reference. Uh, we need a blue. We need a green, blue, uh, green dog showing up on the screen uh, for for for, uh, for Blue's Clues. Just kidding. That's gonna be a, a lot. We're gonna find our first incursion. That's the first clue. <laughs> you put it in your notebook, and that's what you do. This is inside a Darla. Uh oh, you can't walk into the frame. Now there's a shadow on the back. I'm gonna have to tell you to go. You're so hello, cute. Baby, I hello. Know, I love you. I love you. But you gotta go. This is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's weekly Marvel reaction show that you all hate now. I'm Eric Voss, <laughs> and with me is MT. MT, we're now in a gap period, uh, but only for a few days because City uh, uh, Comic Con's coming, and it's gonna right. change our lives on Saturday. Yes. How are you feeling? Dude, I am so excited for just more Marvel announcements. Like every time Marvel Studios has like an event or like, or has a presentation, it's always something exciting. It's always something new. And it's always like something to get people hyped. So like I'm hyped for the potential hype coming very soon. <laughs> I'm with you, MT, and I'm not just hyped. I, I think I need this. I think, yes. I think right now I'm at uh, I'm in an interesting place with a lot of Marvel fans out there. We, mm. we, we don't really know where it's going. I'm still enjoying the vibe. I'm vibing. Right. I'm having a great time vibing here You're in Chase 4, but we don't really have a sense of the vector. They keep saying like, well, it's it's this. It's actually this. Well, actually it's this. I'll actually give you clues. It's like, mm, we need just Kevin Feige to walk out on the stage and tell us what to look forward to. And, right. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to just a bit of a bit of direction. Hell yeah. I need my guidance counselor. I need my Mr. Wilson to sit me down <laughs> and say, 
you're 16 years old, but now's the time to pick your major that you'll be doing for the rest of your life. Exactly. That's what I need. I just need. need that. Uh, well, Ms. Marvel is actually in our rear view mirror. And since uh, Mephisto technically showed up in Thor Love and Thunder, we found out we can now move on to our next big bad, Dr. Victor Von Doom. Bum, bum, Kevin bum, Feige bum. might talk about him this weekend at Comic-Con. He might not. But we have gotten a number of clues pointing to Doom's arrival in the MCU. And in this episode of Inside Marvel, MT and I are going to discuss whether Doom will join the MCU from a multiversal incursion or whether he might have already been sneaking around the MCU in the 616 universe right under our noses. Before we get to Doom, be sure to check out NewRockstarsMerch.com where you can grab our new latest obsession shirt, Worthy of Love, inspired yes. by Thor Love and Thunder. Great shirt. Like, it's a good shirt. Like, all of our latest obsession shirts, this one is zero edition. And, uh, um, sorry, limited edition. <laughs> zero edition. edition. I'm pretty sure... Pretty sure that's the same company. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but be sure to grab it before it is gone. You can find uh, this and all of our awesome merch options over at NewRockStarsMerch.com. MT, what are we talking about this week? All right, man. It's the biggest question I feel a lot of people have had since we've seen Reed Richards in Multiverse of Madness. Where is Doctor Doom? Where in the multiverse is Doctor Von Doom? <laughs> Or that would just see like Carmen San Diego wearing a green suit and like I wearing uh -huh. a doom mask and then like <laughs> jumping off of a building. That's what I need to see. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to see it too. I mean, and then we can have a, a variant of where in time is Kang the Conqueror. Or right. Oh my God, I love those games. Where, where in time and Carmen and San Diego games were amazing. It was, yeah. I just love the music on those shows. They had that uh, awesome group. They don't uh, do I, like I want to see like a behind the music documentary about the Cook Harmon San Diego doo up group. Right. Uh, because they, um, there's, you know, there's some drama. Oh, there's, you know. You know, they're all sleeping with like, each other. <laughs> uh -huh, there's, there's Fleetwood Mac level uh, uh, rumors, <laughs> drama happening behind the music of that group. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I just, I think just there's assume. A, there's an orgy. There's an orgy, and one of them walked away not okay with it. Like, mm. <laughs> it's the bass. It's the. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> It's rumors. because his his bass notes were so low, the frequency, no one could hear him say the safe word. Right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. This is... Oh, dear. This is gross. <laughs> I am sorry, everyone. I'm just so sorry. I'm just sorry for everything. Um, all right. Let's just get back on track here and start yes. with a, big, a bit of background on Victor Von Doom. Dr. Doom was introduced in 1962 in the Fantastic Four number five. That was when Stan Lee and Jack Kirby really were imagining the guy as a simplistic personification of death. Right. Uh, you know, he's got the iron mask, but the cloak hood. Um, but he wasn't really given a backstory until a couple years later. Uh, he was a Liberian Romani who lost his mother. And then went on to study in the United States. And this is where he met Reed Richards. Mm. Uh, Victor, uh, at some point, built a machine to try to communicate with the dead because he misses his mama. But the machine malfunctions, scarring his face. We find out later that it was Ben Grimm who messed with the machine. So Ben Grimm feels all this guilt. Like, did I actually, you know, create this, this monster? <laughs> and then Ben Grimm says, well, no, nothing, will, nothing bad will happen to my face. My face will be beautiful forever. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> he, he said it's clobbering time to one of the screws on Ooh. the machine. And then uh, he said it's clobbering time to stone zits. It's on its face for the rest of his life. <laughs> um, but so Doom flees to Asia. He meets Tibetan monks. This is where he gets the suit. He uh, and kind of gets in touch with himself, uh, becomes right. like a badass warrior. Uh, he returns to Latveria. He takes over the country. And then at this point, he just kind of fights and, and messes with and tries to kill the Fantastic Four whenever he can. At one point, he tries to shrink them out of existence. 
Uh, but he accidentally gets shrinked out of existence. But we find out later he spent all that time in micro worlds, mm. which is what the quantum realm is based on in the MCU. He takes over that society as a ruler and later returns uh, to continue tormenting the Fantastic Four. Hooray. Um, actually, we find out in a 2013 run that Victor's mother, Cynthia, actually died due to a deal with Mephisto mm. going wrong. Now, I'm not forcing him back in there. I'm just saying that, you know, this is just a case in Marvel Comics, folks. Mephisto has, like, deals with everybody. Right. And he's like... A, a little jerk who's screwing up everyone's life. Yeah. Um, but Doom has really been uh, the guy who has had this reputation of one of the smartest villains of Marvel lore. He's a master both of science and of magic. Right. He understands the multiverse uh, better than anyone, arguably, than Kang, I would say. Uh, and he has he's just really a relatable villain with this heartbreaking Latvian backstory. Right. Uh, and he's just fascinating. He, like... He's a guy who's just as comfortable in a castle as he is in a lab. And right. that's what we really love about him. Like that, that is um, like my favorite thing about Doom. I was thinking about this earlier today. It's like he is the perfect nexus between uh, magic and science. And that's something they bring up in the first Thor when um, Jane talks to um, Thor about, you know, the nine realms and how they relate to magic. And like I, Dr. Doom personifies that. And I'm so excited to see how the MCU tackles that in particular. Yeah. And I think uh, the... Now that we're coming out of Thor Love and Thunder, that intersection of uh, scientific tech right. and magic and mysticism, that seems to be a very interesting thematic undercurrent through Phase 4. And maybe that can all be embodied in Doom. I think in some ways that was embodied in He Who Remains and Kang, but right. we just don't know when we're going to learn more about Kang. I think all of these villains are going to have to be a fusion of both of these things. Um, but as we look ahead to the MCU's future, Doom plays a very important role, really the central role in the 2015 incursion storyline right. that leads into Secret Wars. He's the guy who's hunting down Molecule Man. He's using the Beyonders. And when all these universes are colliding, it's really Doom at the center of all of it, setting a battle world with his Doom bots, this, this multiversal plane where all the Marvel heroes and villains can be brought back and they fight it out. And they're just trying to, to overturn Doom for controlling all of them. Um, but as of this moment in the MCU, it just remains unsettled whether, A, we will get a movie version of Secret Wars. I think it's very likely, if not probable. Um, but we don't know yet if that movie version of Secret Wars will be lorded over by Kang or by Doom. You can mm. see really either alternative, right? Kang, right. at least, is a more present multiversal threat in the MCU. It, it's just hard at, right now to see why Kang would want all the Marvel heroes and villains to fight in battle worlds. But then again, he remains did promise, wait till you meet my variants, suggesting that at least one of those variants is going to be a madman interested in only in childish, violent delights of pitting toys against each other. As maybe even that one with the huge, massive statue looming over the TVA. That could be the guy who's like, yeah, yeah, I could, I could spend a movie or two on a battle world. Um, but... In my opinion, Kang is just more interesting to explore in the ways he has already manipulated history and inspired certain people and saved people who didn't need to be saved. Uh, and, you know, has already just kind of pruned the timeline in specific ways. I don't need this kind of Marty McFly thing of like, you know, Kang invented rock and roll. Though we found <laughs> out that Jonathan Majors actually told Marty McFly to play that guitar riff. Hey, I'd be like, hey, that actually fixes one of the most annoying plot holes in movie history where Marty McFly invented... <laughs> Johnny be good. Anyway, um, I think uh, there's just other interesting places to go with Kang, though I wouldn't mind if he was like the leader of Battle World. I just think when it comes right. to the MCU Doom, the Multiverse of Madness producers confirmed Reed Richards Square Portal is based on Dr. Doom's time platform, confirming essentially that Doom exists in the 838 universe. Right. Ms. Marvel just showed us the Nega bands, which I think might be a negative zone thing. We'll see. But I believe MT, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. I think Dr. Doom will be introduced in the MCU 
not necessarily part of a cosmic plot, despite the fact that Quantumania is probably going to show us that city that might be based on the Doctor Doom micro world storyline. I think we're going to see a version of Doom that's more grounded in a plot on the 616 Earth. That's why I come back to Sonny Birch's mysterious buyer in Ant-Man the Wasp. Uh, I think someone who could place a starting bid of $1 billion for Hank Pym's quantum tech. Sure, there are characters like Wilson Fisk, the power brokers and their connections, the, the 10 rings might be able to put that money together. But I think the only person smart enough to know the science behind the quantum tech would be Victor Von Doom. Mm -hmm. I used to think it could be Norman Osborn as well, but No Way Home established that Oscorp doesn't exist in the 616 MCU. So I think Victor Von Doom exists in the 616 MCU. I think he's been spending these years gathering all the advanced technology and get his hands on. Quantum tech, Kree tech, Stark tech, Chitauri tech, Wakandan tech, Atlantean tech, mystical objects like the other Bangle, the Ebony Blade. I think he is that buyer keeping brokers like Sonny Birch and Sharon Carter in business. And assuming we finally get a release date for Fantastic Four at Comic-Con this weekend, maybe in September at D23, I think that announcement with it will be a reveal of the actor who's going to play Doom. And I think we're going to see Doom show up in a post credit scene within the next year. Mm. I'm comfortable enough saying that. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts. How do you think Doom is going to show up in the MCU? Well, first of all, I really like um, that you brought up that like he's like probably going around and collecting all of these like really interesting like energy empowered technologies and objects and so like we know from moon knight which is something like really interesting to me when stephen grant wakes up in the bavarian alps he's like all right i have this like he, we don't know where the scarab came from so like it'd be really cool if like dr doom had a station up in like what was it sweden i was i forget where it was oh uh, i think it would have been germany right yeah, like if, if, if he was Germany. stealing from Doctor Doom, like it'd be really dope if he was stealing from Doctor Doom and like, it was revealed like retroactively that he was stealing from Doctor Doom. Um, but anyway, um, I really like that idea a lot. But like, I think that we might see Doom in House of Harkness personally, because like we're going to House of Harkness is likely going to go into the, the witches of the world. And like we know that Doctor Doom's mom, like you said, made a deal with um, Mephisto. And so, um, yes. yeah, so it would be really cool to see maybe like Dr. Doom's mom play a role in that story and then Doom possibly helping Agatha out of her predicament to for so that she could help him with a predicament of his own. Um, because um, we know that uh, Wanda herself is trapped in um, Wondergore. Hell? <laughs> in, oh, <Wonder> <laughs> well, like, oh, she's the last time we see her, she's in Wondergore, in, which is like in yes. Europe. And like, we know that uh, Dr. Doom is stationed around there as well. So um, I could definitely see Dr. Doom uh, hooking up with Agatha and be like, hey, help me find this uh, all-powerful woman so that I, we could uh, manipulate her together because you're pretty good at manipulating her. Um, so I don't know. That's just like a weird scenario. But like, I definitely think that House of Harkness would be the best avenue for Doom to pop in because uh, it's just myst mysticism and, and witches and all that. Yeah, I think that's a great thought, MT. I mean, Agatha House of Harkness, I mentioned it before, is probably the Disney Plus show I'm most excited for in right. the upcoming ones. Um, but I think uh, that would be, that's what's so great about Doom is he has these connections to both the, the mystical sorcery based side of the world, but also the scientific technological side. Right. Um, I think there's absolutely a, an alignment between those two characters that we can draw together. Um, I think um, uh, uh, you mentioned something with, you know, Mount Wundagor, and we don't know where in the world that is. Where right. in the world is Mount <laughs> Uh, what mountain range? Like it looks, it's so blizzardy and, and so towering. It, you know, I right. can't help but see it as Everest in the Himalayas, uh, where Strange was like briefly banished in the 2016 film before he could open his own sparkle portal and get back. Uh, I 
but I think the idea is that if its name is Wundagore, uh, that it would be somewhere in like uh, the Alps or somewhere right. in like the German Alps. I don't know. Or maybe it's just like some kind of like hidden realm, the way the Savage Realm is uh, is hidden in Antarctica. Like right. this could be some other kind of hidden realm that just like planes always steer around. There's like a Bermuda Triangle vortex there that keeps people from from walking over there. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it'd be interesting if like that mountain range borders Latveria. Uh, mm. And that I think the way that like the MC was able to redraw the map to show where Wakanda is in the MCU map. Um, I was hoping that that map in Ms. Marvel could have just shown us a bit of like just a different drawing of a uh, of Eastern Europe right. that shows us, oh, they they kind of sandwiched in another country here. Right. That must be Latveria. Because like Latveria's actual location in the Marvel comics kind of jumps around to a couple different spots in right. different border countries. Uh, but it's generally in that area, somewhere like around where like Austria is, but like to the east of Austria a little bit, like around Bosnia and those kind of countries. Um it but again, it jumps around. Um it jumps around. <laughs> it jumps around. But I that's why like I, I find it more interesting when the MCU can kind of like sneakily imply that the world that we've been living in is already there's like corners of it we haven't explored. I love that about the Black Panther film. I was really excited to explore Madripoor in in a Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, but I think that they can be a bit more specific with it. They don't have to just like I, I want to see maps, you know. Right. I want to see specific boundaries and lines. And one thing I liked about Ms. Marvel is when it showed us that uh, 3D display of right. how the realm fits in over over the city of Karachi. I'm I'm just saying more of that, please. Yes, more, more geography, visual examples of how this works. Um, it, it wouldn't even require your uh, showrunners and your directors to know it. You could just, if it's Marvel Studios, just paying for these VFX artists, artists that they should pay more and give them more time to work on things, of course. But like, yeah. they could just like put a map on a screen. And then you know that MT and Eric are going to be here. just go crazy on that map. <laughs> you can even put, put a sticky on note on the screen for MT and Eric. <laughs> yeah. We'll find it. We will find it. Um. But this is all a way of saying, like, we already have a, a villain coming from beyond, you know, right. uh, from another timeline or from some kind of, like, citadel at the end of time, whatever you want to call that, through Kang. I think if we're going to have Doom enter this universe, I don't think he should enter through, like, a portal. I think he should come in, just walk in from, from stage left, right. you know, walk out of the shadows of the MCU that we've already been living in. I think that's more interesting because then you get to explore... Rather than, oh, I came from another universe, the way that we're exploring with Kang, you can say, oh, I, I came from this country that none of you give a shit about, but you should. Mm. Uh, because my story is interesting and my story deserves to be told. Like, Kang is reclaiming his time that he has. And I right. can't wait for him to do that. I, I would love if Doom were to grab Agatha and maybe Wanda and use them to actually take over Latveria. Like, I would love mm. to see, like, that origin story because, like, we know that he takes over the country in the comics. So, like, it would be dope. He's like, hey, I need a team. I can't do this on my own. So let's take over this country because no one's going to accept you, Wanda. You just <laughs> shit up. So, like, I'll accept you if you if you help me make my country. Um, and then, like, I feel like that's a really great way to, like, you know, use these women that are sort of just not in good graces of society and just be like, all right, come over here. I'm just setting up a new country where... Anything I want goes. And who's going to stop me? I'm doomed, basically. I like that, too. 
I mean, what if we established that uh, through the ashes of Sokovia, mm. it, there's like another uh, militant group in that country that kind of renames it Latveria? I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm happy with having both the Sokovia and the Latveria. I just think there's already kind of like a plot point there where the country of Sokovia, it's like there's a memorial there, but like the country is already kind of like a failed state. Mm. So who knows? Maybe like a, a new group takes uh, in power and like redraws the lines a little bit the way that has happened with a lot of Eastern Europe uh, European countries. Their names change. Right. Um, well, uh, always fascinating to talk to him. I can't wait to talk about him more with you. MC. Yes. But uh, we have a, a more we want to talk about State of Marvel on the eve of Comic-Con 2022. Uh, before we do, though, we want to thank Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode of Inside Marvel. Several of us at New Rockstar sleep on Helix mattresses, and we absolutely love them. Helix Sleep is a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way that you sleep. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for that spinal alignment to prevent those morning aches and pains. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you are matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't even need to go to a mattress store Again, just go to helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel. We also want to thank Upstart for sponsoring this episode. We've all been there, seemingly out of nowhere. You get hit by an unexpected expense or a bill. Just imagine the Avengers every time an interdimensional race attacks, and they are left with the repair bill. When that happens, it can feel like the weight of the world is coming down, and it's uh, normal to not know where to turn. But luckily, Upstart is here to help. Upstart-powered personal loans can help you pay down high-interest debt, all online with simple and easy-to-understand payment terms. Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart knows that you are more than just a credit score, so rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, your employment, and other information provided in your loan application to find you a smarter rate for your loan. Don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com slash marvel. That's upstart.com slash marvel to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, your income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash marvel. And we want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring this episode. Hey, you. Yeah, you. God Bush, you definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good and you're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. It's a, it's a fact that you will have the best kept nutsack on the cul-de-sac. <laughs> Save big and the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code of MARVEL for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Whether you're looking to go bald like an eagle or just in need of a safe trim, <laughs> Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a Bush's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> is this Tommy? This has to be Tommy. It's got to be Tommy. Tommy. (laughs) This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to a ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology. 
No need for night vision goggles. This trimmer has an LED light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark. It's basic landscaping. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our promo code MARVEL. It's time you level up from the Amazon to the Amadong with the <laughs> ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped. <laughs> Tommy is a national treasure. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> Amazon to Amadong is the most forced pun I think I've to ever heard. Amadong. That's what everyone's saying during their ad reads. All right, MT, uh, back to the state of the MCU. Mm. Um, so recently, a lot of us at the company have been talking about how Multiverse of Madness producer Richie Palmer said that the main theme of Phase 4 is, quote, guilt and consequences. And he said, quote, Phase 4 is all a reaction to the trauma of Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. And then he went on to say, what happens when you lose everything? Right. He's, he was saying that this is kind of a, a thematic uh, tether with all of the characters and all the stories we've seen in phase four. I want to ask, do you think that's enough of a theme to fuel a phase with more titles and hours of content than any other phase? And I ask this because, you know, a lot of Marvel fans might feel a little disillusioned right now after some mixed feelings coming out of Thor, Love and Thunder. Some people felt a little mixed coming out of Multiverse of Madness after shows like Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight uh, and Hawkeye and, uh, and What If. Like, I would say watching WandaVision and Loki, all of us, I think, were pretty pumped. I still felt pretty pumped after What If? But uh, all these other titles, I very much enjoyed them. Uh, I haven't really had any complaints, but I do understand why people might feel like, well, this kind of led me to believe the whole franchise is going this way. This right. has led me to believe this is going in another way. I'm not really sure. So do you think fans might feel justified in feeling a bit disillusioned? And if so, what announcements at Comic-Con this weekend do you think could win these fans back? Hmm. I think that we're in a weird point because we've never really been in a, a phase four before. And I say that because like, you know, phase one of the MCU was like the beginnings of everything. Like comic book movies were never anything like the MCU when the MCU first started. So like now that we're we've ended a saga, we ended the Infinity Saga with Endgame. We're at the beginning of a saga where like so many eyes are li literally looking at this new world of like the MCU that is starting to form. And so I feel like what Kevin Feige's plan right now for phase four is like while they explore this this new the grieving side of the MCU and like how you how you move forward past this like terrible like all these terrible events, you um you need to introduce introduce all of these new characters that um are going to be taking up the the mantles of the heroes that will inevitably be, you know, leaving the MCU because their contracts will be up. Um, so like, you know, it's basically the new Avengers. Like, you know, we're getting our young Avengers being set up with uh, um, Hawkeye and um, Stature and all these like uh, Patriot, all these little little new kids coming in. We have She-Hulk. And so like, I think that what their plan is, is it, we're basically in phase one again. We're in a new phase one. And so like, we're being introduced to new heroes, which I really love. Like, I love our old heroes. And I love like the stories that we've gotten because like, you know, they're, they're the old reliables. But like what they're doing is like they're, we're in a new phase one. We're like, we're just introducing new heroes like your Shang-Chi's, your Miss Marvel's, your Moon Knight's. And I feel like this is all sort of coming to a head potentially for me anyway. This is my opinion for Civil War 2, which I think will be announced at some point, um, either this oh. year in, in Comic-Con or at D23. 
Uh, I think Civil War Two is the reason why they're introducing so many characters, like freaking Frogman. Like, I, I just—if you have Frogman in the MCU, you're you're literally gearing up. Like, you need as much <laughs> heroes as possible. I love Frogman, <laughs> but it's just like I feel oh, like no. Marvel Studios just like you. I feel like in every Disney Plus show, they they at least have to introduce one new hero. Like we had Red Dagger, mm-hmm. we had um um Layla in in the form of uh, the right. Scarlet Scarab. Like, I feel like every yeah. show is going to introduce new characters for a Civil War II scenario, which I cannot wait for because I really want that to happen. And I feel like people will be really excited because Civil War, like, one was amazing. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think, Eric? I think that's so interesting. I am definitely hoping for a, another Civil War event. I think the Civil War film uh, did a lot of great things for the MCU, but just left us wanting that uh, that sense of scale that, right. like, a true universe-spanning war should have. Uh, I think Infinity War and Endgame definitely had that vibe to it. But, like, uh, I think Civil War should really be, like, a series, like a multi-part event. Right. You know, I really like a, a, maybe three movies that are released on Disney Plus in a year or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I now that we have all these intersecting TV shows that kind of occupy their own different side of the universe, I think now is a great time to do that kind of event. Because you really could see how everyone kind of reacts to it. Right. Um I think maybe Marvel Studios might have made a mistake ever using the term Phase 4. And I know it, there was a point where like Kevin Feige would never really commit to Phase 4. At some point, they kind of called Phases 1, 2, and 3 the Infinity Saga. Right. And that really excited me. Because I'm like, okay, so now it's not about Phase 1, 2, or 3. They were all part of the Infinity Saga. So what's this next saga? And we speculated maybe it was a multiverse saga. I think there's a lot of different ways you could describe it. Even call it maybe the Rebirth saga or something like that because i think if you were to frame it that way a lot of fans would go into it saying oh so okay we're just vibing right now we're just meeting a lot of new people and we don't need to think of it as like another phase as part of this installment chapter system structure that we've been in um and less eager to be like what is it all what is it all leading to like it's okay if the universe doesn't all lead to something and you know i remember back in phase one we didn't know what it was all leading to. We were, yeah. It was kind of exciting to just go from Iron Man to Iron Man 2 to, you know, Hulk was in there, Thor. Uh, first guy. It wasn't until, like, they announced that an Avengers thing was happening. but And we knew when Nick Fury showed up that something like that might be in the future. But I don't remember feeling like Avengers is coming until that post-credit trailer at the end of the first Cap film. Right. And then it's like they showed a trailer for Avengers. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. All right. I get it. I see now. Like, yeah, during I figured that, stage, that was happening. But. We were just more so happy of just like seeing the world connecting together. It's like, oh my God, like, yeah. is that Tony Stark in an incredible Hulk film? And it's just like, we've never seen so much interconnectivity between films. So, like, we were just happy right. that that was happening. And then when Avengers hit, we were like, what? And then the post credit yeah. scene of Avengers is when the big hype came. When Thanos was like, right. oh, ho, ho, I exist. It's like, oh, we're going <laughs> aliens now? Like, we're really, like, yeah. obviously Avengers 1 was an alien film, but, like, Thanos was like, well, no, we're committing to, like, a cosmic saga of the MCU. Like, the MCU is now bigger than it's ever been. And so, like, ever since right. then, um, that's when, like, the hype really, really built. Um, but yeah. yeah. So... I, I wish that Marvel Studios could kind of like, uh, and, and maybe that is what Comic-Con is all about. And maybe Kevin Feige has been saying that all along. And we just haven't really been listening. But I think uh, rather than calling this phase four, I don't think they should call it a phase because the reality is we are getting so many more hours of content just from these, what has it been, six, seven Disney Plus shows that we've gotten or are getting so far and just more and more on the way to say that like, that type of storytelling is on par with the six movies we got of phase one separated in some cases by years. 
uh, I don't think it's it's really fair to compare them. Um, but I do get this idea of people feeling like thematically a little uh, turned around mm. because this idea of like a reaction to Infinity War and Endgame, like I I love uh, if this were truly that, then every episode of every new show should have uh, catching up with a character either coming back from the blip or experiencing them in the moment of the blip. And I've loved every time that like they've done that in the MCU, whether it's Yelena Belova or Monica Rambeau, right. I could watch a whole series of just like blip stories. Um, but that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case for all these characters. I think it's this series or this phase has been about like introducing us to new people. And it feels a bit more experimental in that we're just going to see who sticks. I, I honestly feel that intro the introduction of characters like Scarlet Scarab and Red Dagger um and uh kazi and hawkeye a lot of them just feel a bit inconsequential like of all of them the ones that have like stuck the most with me have been monica rambeau uh kate bishop obviously but i think she's pretty much a title character on this show but like characters like sharon carter you know the uh even like johnny mayonnaise like a lot of these characters (laughs) are just like cool like yeah i'll i guess i'm excited when they show up again but they haven't really like persisted in my in my you know the frontal lobes of my brain uh mm. as much as like some others have um and, and often like i forget they exist now characters in loki for whatever reason like i would die to protect b15 and casey and sylvie and Renslayer. like they for whatever reason oh i oh, i guess i mentioned monica rambo i think agatha harkness has been right. the biggest breakout new character oh yeah for like sure like character. the most beloved out of any I forget character agatha. from disney plus i absolutely feel. yeah um i don't know if anyone else has really come close to like agatha and monica rambo in my opinion well morbius um, i'm morbius Mo- <laughs> not morbius mobius mobius <laughs> uh, it's morbid time <laughs> Yeah, Mobius is up there. Right. Mobius is up there for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think like that's why I'm uh, eager. I think the announcement at Comic Con this weekend that would just get me really pumped is like, what the next, like if we learn what the Fantastic Four subtitle is going to be, you know, right. see if Ant Man the Wasp Quantumania is Fantastic Four going to have something under there? Mm. Um, I don't know if mutants would be like. I'd be super excited to see if they announce who the new X-Men are going to be or certain of the new X-Men are going to be. I'd certainly be excited, but unless they tell us like the context of how all these characters are going to meet or run into each other, what the conflict, I just want to know what the conflict is going to be. Right. Um, because I can already guess who the characters are going to be. Um, like, you know, I, I'm just more interested to know like, what is, uh, what are they going to be dealing with? Right. You know? um, because that gives us a sense of the scales. So it doesn't have to be secret wars. You can call it whatever you want. Um, but, uh, if you want to call it battle world, if you want to call it incursion, if you want to call it, honestly, I think the better title would be something like multiverse war, Avengers, multiverse war, mm. Avengers, multiversal war, uh, something like that. Um, then I'm like, okay, I, then I can understand. I can see the, the code of the matrix. I can see how it all fits in, but until then, yeah, I get it. Uh, I do feel a bit wandery, but I also don't really mind wandering through the desert a little bit because yeah. we're having these fun moments along the way. We're vibing. I was vibing throughout Ms. Marvel and enjoying it. Yeah, I feel like this next saga, if there's going to be a name for this next saga, I feel like it's going to be the Secret Saga. Because, like, we're getting Secret mm. Wars, we're getting Secret Invasion, um, we That's might even true. get uh, Secret Empire. And, like, I just feel like um, there's all these, like, shady organizations in play, and, like, we're getting all these, like, uh-huh. multiversal people coming in. Like, I just feel like a lot of secrets are going to be happening. And so, like, um, 
and especially like these encouragement like secrets Ooh, don't tell um yeah especially because of these uh incursions that are happening which are a huge deal in the marvel universe because like basically multiverse of madness guaranteed that like the mcu is going to die or like or something seriously bad is going to happen to the mcu to the point where like it's going to start to break down and um it's probably going to involve the crossing over of heroes that are going to have to fight one another to survive which is one of my favorite parts of how secret wars even begins in the, in the comics it's like man ultimate universe is fighting 616 for the right to mm -hmm. live and like that is so mm -hmm. fun and like i really want to see 838 have to fight with 616 for survival because i feel like that's what's going to happen and like that it, would be exciting the, would, X, the fox x-men universe fight yes like fox x-men universe like MCU. freaking spider-man universe like all this like that's what secret wars is all about it's these earths coming together for like the ultimate civil war scenario where it's like i we have to survive and we were just trying to fight to survive and so um yeah like i i'm so excited for that but like i just want kevin feige to come out on stage and be like yes this is what's happening get excited for this because like i just feel like we we need that we need that direction because we are sort of yeah. lost it right now agreed but we're still enjoying it i like i love just floating with you mt right we're in a lazy river of content and we're we don't need to go down any slides we're no. we're older gentlemen now we're just happy to yes, sit my in back hurts every lazy day river <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. Uh, we'll <laughs> leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. Thank you all so much for joining us. This time next week, MT and I will be back talking about some major news coming out of Comic-Con, yes. most likely. Um, until then, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and wherever else at EA Voss and Mastertainment. You can subscribe to uh, Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow new rock stars on social media at new rock stars. Thank you all so much for watching. Thank you. We love See you. See you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.